autopsy. Moving on autopsy. I'm Sam. I'm Chad. I'm Asher. And tonight we are going to be talking about Black Mass. But a couple things to go over real quick. Um, this is Moving on autopsy. As we said, it's a thing that we do every week where we get together. We uh, we get together at somebody's house. Somebody cooks. Um, we put on a movie of someone's choice. One person out of all of us has to have not seen it before. Um, and then we also must have some beer. So just full disclosure, this is going to be very spoiler heavy. We're going to be doing that like doing that an awful lot. We're going to get really deep into the yeah. movie. So if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to the podcast, don't yell at us when we spoil it or just turn it off and go watch the movie because it's awesome. So with that being said, has everybody calmed down from Black Mass? Nope. Not uh, even a little bit. No, I, I had to see my in-laws right afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you got on a plane the oof, next day. Man. Like the next day. Yeah, so I'm just, I've been riding on a black mass wave. And you didn't even go to Boston. The point nope. we're trying to make is that this movie does not leave you with a good feeling in your heart. Like, you know, everything's going to be okay. Because uh, for the characters that you to spend the past two hours watching, nothing is okay for any of them. Um, they, it's, it's weird because it's part of it's like, it seems... I don't want to say normal, but it's not that out of the ordinary for a lot of the people in this movie. Like, these crazy things that happen in the world they live in. I think a lot of people, I know this is getting into different parts of the movie that we'll discuss later, but I think people will really dig on the realism of it. Yeah, it does. It, it feels real. The movie does feel real. Well, full disclosure, I am the one who has never seen Black Mass. So I've only seen it once, the one time. I had no idea what it was about. I didn't know who was in it. Didn't know what... I, uh, I think you, the only thing you guys told me, I think, was it was a gangster movie mm-hmm. of some sort. So this is a gangster movie. That stars it's, Johnny Depp. That stars Johnny Depp. I didn't know it until I showed up and saw the, the cover. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I don't know. And I said, I don't know how this is going to work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Now you know how America feels when they saw it. Yeah. For the first time. They had no clue how this was going to happen. Because this is at a time in Depp's career where he's doing a lot of stuff that wasn't very similar to the things that people really liked about him. Yeah, yeah. He, like like this like he's he's been deep in sellout territory for a long time. No offense to Depp, you know, make make that paper boo boo, but um <laughs> You make that pirate paper. <laughs> but yeah, he's making that pirate paper. I wish so I could make some pirate They should have run no out lie. of pirate paper right now because there's so many pirate movies. Oh no man, they're making another one. They're making some They're making another one? That's yeah, like, what's <laughs> the eleventh? I, I don't know man. This is Johnny going Depp more time on this. <laughs> Johnny Depp signed the contract for it without even reading the script. He was just like, Oh, you're gonna give me more money to, to to be that guy again? Okay, sure. But in this movie, it's a full transformation. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he went full submersion into his role for we, this one. Um, so we should call Playing him. the role of Whitey Bulger, mm-hmm. the infamous Irish mobster from Boston. Um, the Departed from Martin Scorsese, Jack Nicholson's character, is based on Whitey Bulger. If that tells you anything about how ruthless that guy was. I haven't seen The Departed either. It's, it's pretty list. fucked up. It's, it's on the list. It's on the list now. It's on the little, so on the list. it's... It, and Jack Nicholson's character... You'll never get the Godfather, but you'll get the Departed. Jack Nicholson's character is just somewhat inspired by this guy, and he's ridiculous. Granted, mm. you also had Jack Nicholson playing a character, which is generally, like, all his characters are kind of ridiculous in a certain way, and it's a Scorsese movie. I mean, so, his, his face looks like a caricature of himself. You know? <laughs> no, no offense to Jack. He's but fantastic. Black actor. Mass is like, I don't want to say documentary, but it's pretty... It's a it's a pretty by the books biopic. Yeah, you know, like there's not a whole lot of flash. It's you're looking at a picture of a man. Yeah, as opposed to someone. And and what I love about it, like, well, well, we can we can get more into the into this kind of stuff later after we talk about you know just just what transpires in the movie. But I I love how they portray um, 
how Johnny Depp is able to portray Whitey Bulger as, as it's kind of like a monster movie, and Johnny Depp's mm-hmm. character is the monster of the monster movie. Yeah, like um, a like a like an old like a kind of like Dracula a little bit. They introduce him pretty early on, and then you get to know him a little bit. But they, but and you then, never really you never get too deep past the surface. No, and, because the surface is horrifying. And that's and that's one thing that kind of creates that that monster movie aesthetic. Um, but in terms of like like it covers a pretty big chunk of Whitey's life, mm-hmm. um, some pretty important important parts. Like it starts off in the seventies. Whitey is like he's not the top. Uh, he's not the top of the Irish mob at this point. But it's, uh, um, he's he's well, good. I was gonna say it covers a very special point in Whitey Vulture's life because it's mm-hmm. specifically probably when he's in his mid or late 20s maybe that's where it starts maybe early, I think maybe early 30s maybe early 30s so he's already a man when you meet him you never go into his childhood or his it starts in the early 70s and by that point he he would he spent most of the 50s in prison. oh yeah because he went to prison and that's then he right. kind of worked his way back up a little bit in Southie yeah mm-hmm. so by the time we catch up with him in the early 70s he's, he's a very well-known hood yeah and respected but he doesn't have the power that the Italian mafia has in the city because they have backings from other families and other major cities plus what they cover is so much more vast and they have more experience and more um, resources whereas Whitey um, is basically just punching and robbing and stealing and murdering his way mm-hmm. to the top and he does and but he's, because of his situation he's still held back a little bit Mm-hmm. Well, and nobody wants to take him seriously because he doesn't work in an organization except for people that work for him. Yeah. And well, I was gonna say this. This is you know just to still covering kind of what the the whole movie, the the premise of the movie. It covers a very specific period. This period when mm-hmm. he's back on the streets and he basically becomes one of the biggest mob yeah. bosses in Boston. And it's about a twenty year period it covers. Yeah, something like that. You know, and then it touches at the end, kind of when, like we said, spoilers. It's, he's it's like an it's like an epilogue. Yeah, and they caught him a couple years ago. Yeah, it did five 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 years, five ago. years ago. Five this years guy ago. was free until five years ago. They know they think they found him in California. No, uh, yeah, I think so. I think but so. it covers this time when uh, a man by the name of John Connolly, who's from South Boston, John Connolly, Connolly. Jimmy. Jimmy. It's my favorite part of the movie, that phone call. Just that phone call. Jimmy. Decided to, <laughs> decided to go ahead and sell you out to my own benefit. Yeah. So Connolly joins... So, so this is good news for you. Connolly joins the feds. He has a, a lunch with Billy, who is a state senator in Boston from Southie. And Billy Bulger is Whitey's brother. And he tries to set up Younger a Younger brother, right? Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. With a, with a fairly convincing uh, Boston yeah, accent. It, it works. Yeah. Sound, sounds all, sounds all right to me. We, we, never, we're not going to hate on the batch here. I've never no. been to, I've never been to Boston. This was a good batch. You, you go for your batch bashing somewhere else. Because <laughs> you're not going to get any batch bashing around here. That's right. No, like, I've never been to Boston, but I have lived in Tampa for a few years, and it's a pretty convincing Boston accent. I'm just, just throwing it out there. I love how your logic went with that, because I fully believe what you're saying. Yep. That well, makes sense. You, have, you, have, you, have you ever been to Tampa? Yeah. You should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. So anyway, Connolly works out a deal with Jimmy if he gives him... He's looking for a, information on the Italian. Uh, information on the the, the Italian family They're that the runs the fish. north side. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna Con- take these guys down. They're getting and, and Bulger wants leniency. He wants. He's also racist and shit and hates them because they're not Irish. And yeah. You know. Oh, gang warfare and gang movies, especially like really want to hit that home. Mm-hmm. To by modern day standards, it's really uncomfortable. It's an interesting way to to see how people used to think back then, as yeah. shitty as it was. Yeah. 
but so Connolly's but track, that was a thing. That, that was, was a thing. It. That was a heavy thing, especially like between like the South Boston Irish mob and the Italians up north. Yeah, that's, that's they, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, why do you, like, why do you don't like was, each other? Like he was racist yeah. as shit. Like that. And, yeah. But but that's that's the gangs were racist mm-hmm. as shit. That's, so the movie goes back and forth between Connolly and Whitey. Connolly's trying to hit help them out, and he wants to help out the Bulgers because he grew up with them and to him that's yeah, very it was important like, it was like a Southie thing yeah like but he's Southie also trying to help the feds at the same time so the Bulg- the Bulger the but Winter he, Hill gang is that's well, the name of the gang well he wants to advance his career more yeah. than anything you so know? he hands them evidence you gotta understand Connolly's mentality He's Connolly isn't like the the cop's cop you know kinda no he's trying to be a superstar he's not the John McClane like doing things because it's the right thing to get right thing to do like like he's he's looking out for Connolly you know mm-hmm. like he wants the promotion he wants the the corner office with a good view the nice car drive the nice, nice, nice car and, a nice house and I think he continually he continually throughout this movie this uh, FBI agent who's helping out Whitey Bulger in exchange for some information um, it continually has a blind spot for all of the criminal activity mm-hmm. in in South Boston, yeah, like he, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a willful blind spot. But yeah, thing. at yeah. first it's not a big deal because the Italians are such a threat. As the movie progresses, mm-hmm. they start taking the Italians out, and mm-hmm. also Whitey Bulger starts killing people. Yep, yeah. and the FBI starts noticing, and it starts to become more glaring. And that Kevin Bacon is, starts uh, getting mad. Yeah, he Kevin Bacon. Mayor's, mayor's gonna have his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, In my city, you gonna do some my city? <laughs> Um, so as that happens, yeah. as 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 Whitey Bulger is getting more arrogant and moving up the up the food chain a little bit, and the Italians are actually like getting more and more arrested and getting shut down, Connolly's doing more and more to cover Whitey's ass. Yeah, and Whitey's not helping him at all. And like Connolly, it gets to a point pretty early on, like within the first 30, 40 minutes of the of the movie, yeah. like mm-hmm. Connolly is already like he's he's breaking laws to to, cover, pro- to protect Whitey Bulger yeah, at yeah. this point. Which in hindsight, you think that's only going to work for a while, but they really thought they could keep it going for a long time. Well, it was the seventies. I mean, they it wasn't did around, keep it going but... for a, quite a yeah. while before it came down. Anyhow, that's a preface to the fact that eventually things get out of hand. Too oh, yeah. many dead bodies. Oh, and it was yeah. a new head guy. Well, because there's, the there's, 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 oh, there's, there's a couple of times. New DA in town. There's a couple of time jumps. And one of the big mm-hmm. time jumps, wherever it goes from the late 70s to about like the early mid 80s, um, that's whenever things start to really go south for, uh, you know, just for, for Whitey Bulger's syndicate. It's because it's, it's, it, they catch the Italians. Mm-hmm. And once the Italians are caught, then it's like, okay, well, why are we still granting Whitey Bulger immunity? Yeah. And Connolly goes on the whole thing of like he helped us with this, he got that, he did He's this good thing. For the neighborhood. But it's, it's like, good yeah, for the neighborhoods, good for morale. And then the highlight thing, which I think was a big yeah, that was a big part, deal, big deal. That was it. a big deal. Because um, most of the movie is just like building up to this really big thing. Whitey, Bul- Whitey Bulger's personal hitman kills like the top business yeah. investor so they for get, that highlight yeah, firm in broad get, daylight. Yeah, <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was a big deal. In Ohio or somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> like, and, and there's a Ohio playground of a bunch of kids like 50 feet away. But so like the how it works is uh, the Winter Hill Gang is involved in highlight professional highlight in South Florida, well, uh, which point, used to be a thing. Did you know that? Yes, I did not until I saw this movie. Well, you know, uh, you know how Cigar City down in Tampa they have that IPA called Highlight. Yeah. Oh, I figured it out eventually. But yeah, it's like I didn't realize that Highlight was a big thing because I grew up in Florida and I've never heard of it. So I guess it, it was a Central long. Florida thing. Okay. It was definitely. A Central but basically, Florida thing. another guy—I forgot his name—but another guy buys professional Highlight, and he has people start looking through the books, kind of similar to what happens in the middle of Casino. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they start looking into the books of things that are happening, and they don't want that guy to find something, so Whitey sends his personal hitman, um, played by W. Earl Brown, mm-hmm. who's awesome in Preacher, and a whole bunch of other... Yeah, he's awesome, awesome in a lot He's of, awesome lot in so much stuff. Um, he takes them out, and then he tries to cover it up, because there's this one guy, I don't quite remember why he was there in Tampa, but the guy's kind of crazy, and he happened to overhear this conversation. Yeah. So when... when <laughs> wrong, just wrong place, wrong, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time. And, and he was, also he was got, just, like, hopped up on coke and shit. Yeah. And, I mean, the movie introduces it's him. It's the guy who gets all the money, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, had, they the hand him a bunch of money to keep his mouth shut. But later in Boston, he gets busted for possession or something. Well, also, Whitey... No, he turns t- himself in. Whitey made... He turned himself in. I thought he got busted. No, no, he turned himself in. Okay. Because he felt guilty about the murder. It was and, the guy in the story. Well, he was scared. Whatever. And Shit. also, he, yeah. he was pretty sure that they were going to kill him. And yes, they were. Yeah. So there's like... So yes, they did. So, con- so yes, they, they interrogate the guy. Connolly interrogates the guy. He writes him off. He convinces his uh, fellow feds to release the guy. Because he does it. He can't. He doesn't have any hard evidence. And then Connolly... And all of his fellow feds, they can feel it shady. They're like, oh, yeah. I yeah. feel like it's we a, should... It's uh... to the point where they start. They stop kept telling Connolly things they know. Yeah. And Connolly has to figure out these things. because So Connolly goes to find Whitey during the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which I guess happens a lot in Boston. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they have about three or four years. Three or four years, yeah. Um, he finds him. He goes, "Why? Why did you do that? Why did you take out the highlight guy? I like That's that. a crime. I'm a fed." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "What? That was nuts." No, he and, he goes, and then he stops. He looks and goes, "Where'd you hear that? Where'd you hear that?" And then Connolly gives up the dude. And then there's like this brutal shootout scene in some parking lot somewhere. Oh yeah. Day. We're like so That's the dude. Just the one from the trailer. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Johnny Depp just like walking like through the fucking parking lot with a shotgun. Oh yeah, yeah. So like the guy, the crazy coked up guy gets, I guess, I assume he's leaving lunch or whatever with this other dude, just some greasy looking dude. You don't know who the guy is, but that's the guy driving. Yeah. And, why, and then he gets shot three times. Yep. So Whitey's like, well, if they're, which is kind of a military tactic, I assume, take out the driver and that's how he's able to take out the other guy. And yeah, because the driver would have gotten him away. So. Full broad daylight does not give a shit. Oh yeah, there, yeah, there were people around. Who, she, who there, sees him? There are yeah. people around. Whitey like, does not care. In fact, he takes his time because he, he shoots the driver. He shoots mm-hmm. the car up, and it crashes. Yeah, and he, then he walks up to he it. He could have yeah. shot. A, he could have just shot the car up some more, and yeah. he would have known that, like you know, the guy was dead. But no, he walks up and he waits for the guy to crawl He's, out. Does he say something to him? No, yeah, he, he, he says he says nothing to him. He stands over his body after shooting him a couple times with the shotgun, pulls out a handgun, and shoots him in the head. Yeah. That's cold. It's that brutal. is cold blooded. That's cold blooded. And then that's pretty brutal. That he, kind of starts. And then he walks over to his car and gets in it and drives off. Yeah, that kind of starts the whole process of the movie of scenes where Whitey Bulger scares the shit out of you. Like he's already been an intimidating presence. But like, movie. I'm freaked out watching the movie. Yeah, like he's oh, yeah. Start, at, at no, at no point. Crazy, yeah, he's very unpredictable. At, at no point were you speaking of speaking of beer. Uh, sp- speaking of beer, you like, let's you talk oh, about beer for a minute. Yeah, go fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah what are we drinking yeah, tonight? What are we, what I'm drinking, drinking uh, some weird lemongrass, grass monkey, sweet water conundrum. It's what, pretty what's much it called? Uh, grass monkey. Oh. Grass monkey. I had to do it. I had to do it. You had to do that, didn't you? It's not not the good kind of funky though, huh? What are you drinking, Sam? I'm drinking uh, you, you know this here, not quite pale ale. I'm not really sure why the word pale is on. On the bottle, but it's a it's a fine beer, Magic Hat Number Nine. So good old, good old reliable. They're not giving us any money, but you know if they wanted to, that'd be cool. 
Now I'm drinking a PBR because that's what was left in the fridge. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's all I'm drinking. That's in the fridge. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing mm. wrong with that. You go look for your PBR bastion somewhere anyway, else. Anyway, so, so this kind of starts the, I don't know if it's three or four scenes. No, it's like four, four scenes, three or four scenes after this where they start slowly showing the truly awful things that Whitey does that are kind of personal to freak people out and scare them or to fix his own problems. This has nothing to do with maintaining anything but his own fear of people and fixing problems. Because after that is the scene with the guy and his stepdaughter. Oh, yeah. And that is, yeah. That is scary as shit. His stepdaughter that now, he was also... I, 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 I want to give my perspective as the new person okay. who's watching. And also, Gra- okay. Grace is not here tonight. She is in Shipley? Yes, that's where she is. Well, you guys don't need to worry about it. Yeah, it's a real place. <laughs> like Narnia. <laughs> Alright. Come on, uh, Yeah. Uh, Anyhow. So watching this, we both knew. So basically, okay, let me set it. Let me let me set it up. It's pretty. You you start to get the sense of Whitey Bulger's monstrosity. He's with one of his most loyal people from South Boston, the guy who's been with him doing gangster shit the whole movie. Gangster. And they're having a conversation after the fact. It's clear. Actually, it's a very cleverly shot scene, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes. But um, it's it's after the fact that apparently his his you know loyal compadre has just told him, hey, I slept with a girl and I told her some things I shouldn't have told her. And, and they're, they're basically, oh, they're, it's the aftermath of him telling him that. Yeah. And so, they're going back and forth and about... The, the girl The girl was the, step, was the stepdaughter, The girl's right? the stepdaughter. She's a whore. She's in the police station. They're waiting for her. Mm-hmm. She comes out of the police she station. She got busted for prostitution. Yeah, she's just busted. And she's been his stepdaughter for like most of her life. Yeah. He's been with her mother... In for, relationship for quite a while. For quite a while. And he is now sleeping with the stepdaughter. Yeah. It happens. Who yeah. knows a few things. Sure, and, that's just and, to, to, that's a totally normal thing. It happens all yeah, the time. I know. Yeah, is it? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, if you're out there and you think that's normal, you should go get some... I don't want you listening to my podcast. Just, no, just go get some help. Go see a therapist. Talk Please. about it with people. Let some people do some testing. Do not involve you. Irish gangsters. No. <laughs> Anyhow... He's he's talking to in the, now she gets back in the car after coming out of the police station and Whitey Bulger questions her. She just asks her a bunch of questions about what the police had asked her. The most important being, did the police ask you about me mm-hmm. or your uncle? And she said yes, they did. Now she was very quick to say I didn't tell them nothing, mm-hmm. Whitey. Being, I didn't tell them nothing because being, she is naive mm-hmm. as all she's being hell. She's sweet. She's being naive. She doesn't have a clue what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, she's, yeah. She, she thinks. She's doing the right thing right the now. The only they important thing to Whitey... They, they, let, they let, like, Bambi in a miniskirt into the back of their yeah, car. Yeah, because it's basically right. her That's dad and her uncle are talking to her. That's so, how she sees it. That's so. Totally messed With up those big doe eyes. Like, I didn't tell him nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very cliche. So they take her to a private place across town. And Grace and I knew, when you watch, watch this girl walk in this building, you're like, you feel like you're watching mm-hmm. a prey animal, like a fawn, yeah. or like, let's say, a beetle go into the hunting realm a of a predator for a spider. Oh, okay. For you know, ground-hunting okay. spider. It's like I seeing, like, know. if you can see a spider hidden. Not David Attenborough. And you can see, I mean, it was, <laughs> so, but you can see the leopard, you can see the spider, and you can see, like, the, the, the doe, 
or the beetle going towards the predator, that's how that scene feels. Because yeah. they're just walking through the house, uh-huh. you just, taking you know, their you sweet time, you know. and you're like, why are we in this ca- house? And the way the camera's following him through the house, too, is just you like... You see, like, the stepdad in the background. Because, of like, course. Scare shitless. Because he knows, yeah. man. He knows he what's he knows, going on. And there's nothing he can do and about it. And she's just it. looking yeah. around, and Whitey's talking to her. Because Whitey's giving her the tour. Whitey yeah. is straight up telling Showing her about her the place. She's going to lay low for a couple days. Yeah, telling her that this is what's going on. She's never going to live in that house, and Whitey knows oh, that. Yeah. And the audience does it, too. It's like, as and, you're watching it happen, And then like, she's like, Whitey, no one has ever treated me like this. This is no the best thing so anyone nice has uh-huh. ever done. And Whitey says a great line. Uh-huh. Sweetie, you're breaking my heart. And then he chokes her to death. While she screams for her dad. While she screams for her dad, who is slumped over on his shoulder, just leaning against uh-huh. the wall with his, his eyes to down. the ground. <laughs> Because he can't do anything about what's yeah. happening. And the camera just slowly pans past the murder happening to the stepdad just like pretty much crying. Just taking and it. And just taking it. Just taking it. Because he just knows, well, this is just going to happen. Yep. Yeah. That's that's what kind of man. And then Whitey finishes. Whitey Bulger is. Whitey finishes. Says, clean this shit up. Clean, clean up your mess. No, clean, clean up your mess. Clean, no, clean up your fucking mess. Clean up your fucking clean up mess. Your fucking clean up your fucking mess. mess. Oh, God. And then, and then, immediately after that scene... Which I guess is later God. that day. Damn. Which is like later that day, Whitey and his lieutenant go for a cookout over at Con- John Connolly's mm-hmm. house. The second most brutal so, scene. Yeah. Oh man! Even this, though this is the not this a grotesque scene at all. Nothing that violent. This is the scariest scene. I would like seriously like I would rather watch Michael's kids five times in a row than like <laughs> than watch this scene. It's so uncomfortable. Speaking of PBR. So they have a yeah. So they have a dinner. They have a cookout at the FBI agent's house because this is before iPhones, when people could just get in trouble for their shit just yeah. for like taking yeah. a picture, you know. So they're having a cookout as you do back in the you know back late seventies, early eighties. This Boston. was this was like the the early eighties at this yeah. point, I believe. And uh, the wife of the FBI agent is not hanging out with them. She's very uncomfortable. Because she is... Vi- oh, and the senator Well, she's, she's there. Right. No, 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 no. Oh, no. The senator's, senator's not there. So the people um, are there is Conley and his, and his, his partner. His partner's there. Yeah, Conley's wife that. is there in the beginning. Uh-huh. She, she excuses herself because she's uncomfortable but for obvious reasons. But then there's Jimmy reasons. Bulger and who else? Um, Whitey. Whitey Bulger. Whitey Bulger, sorry. And the lieutenant, the guy who just... His wife, whose daughter just died. And well, the, no, he does... Well, you know, like, just, just, because, just because that just happened, I'm going to go ahead and point, like, just mention it because we haven't yet. His name is Jimmy. He hated being called Whitey. Yeah, yeah. He hated that. Yeah. In fact, there's a scene in a bar where a guy tells him to go fuck himself. That's the only time go, someone calls him Whitey. Go fuck yourself, face. Whitey. Yeah. yeah. And, and that guy dies the next day. Yeah. yeah. He gets shot in the head. He gets shot in the head. From but not because off. of that. He got shot in the head because he gave up one of his uh, members of the gang to the Italians. Yeah, I'm sure that calling him Whitey didn't help. Yeah, it probably didn't. But uh, anyways. Anyways, so it's the cookout scene, and it's Connolly, Connolly's wife, his partner that he brought into this. He, mm-hmm. he brought into the investigation and kind of gave him the lay of the land of how things work. Yeah. So he's all, so he starts to become a criminal himself. Um, he, and then, he really is not happy about any of it, and then, but and then Bulger, he's going along with it. And, and the, God, I wish you remember the guy's name, the lieutenant. They're there, and they're cooking. Yeah, the, the dad. And they're eating steaks. The stepdad. And Whitey looks at Carl, and he's like, Where, where's your wife? She's like, oh, she's got a headache. She's just upset. Yeah, she's not feeling well. Yeah, she's going to go. She's laying down. It's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to go get her. He's no, like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. I'm going to go check on her. Yeah. No, 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 this is before that. Before that, he talks to the other fed. Oh, and he's just like, oh, yeah. you have to fucking tell me what you marinated these steaks in. It's the best steak I've ever had in my life. And you guys like, that's, that's a family secret. It's a family secret, Mr. Bozier. I can't release that information. He goes, 
Come on, you gotta. I got a knife over here. Yeah, he's like plays threat. He yeah, pretends to threaten. Playfully threatening. I got a knife. That's, no, that's, how, that's how Jimmy kids around. Yeah. I got a knife over here. Yeah, he's like, no, I can't tell you. Oh, come on. He goes, uh, it's uh, it's okay. It's this and this that. It's this thing. It's, yeah, that it's thing. like garlic and soy it's sauce. Garlic and soy sauce. I gotta figure out how to do that. I know, man. Yeah, that's 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 I gotta, I gotta try this steak. But he's like, I gotta try this steak that Whitey Bulger almost killed an FBI. It's garlic and soy sauce, and he goes, Whitey's like. Yeah, that's the biggest deal in the world. I thought you said it's a family secret. Yeah, like that was the biggest deal in the world. You just told me what it is. You said it was a family secret. Kind of sound like Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. Was a family Who said secret. it was a family? Yeah, but it was the biggest deal in the world that like <laughs> he released that, information very quickly. Yeah, and, and we're, we're going to yeah. get into this. And, and why he at this point in time is paranoid as shit. Yeah, no, I was like, just about to say that we're going to get into this in just a second. We talk about the bigger themes of this movie, but one of them is that Whitey is very paranoid all the time. So, so the, the, yeah. the fact that he is saying this to mm-hmm. this guy right a now, federal is a, agent. Big deal. a federal agent, a federal agent. Mm-hmm. He's like, and of course he just laughs it off. Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, he, he practically threatens to threatens him. I don't remember the exact words, but it's pretty much like, how can you be trusted? Oh yeah, because yeah, he, he was just saying. Because he was just saying. It's like just saying gets people like with a, gets a fucking bullet in your head. Just yeah, saying, yeah, yeah a fucking yeah. bullet in your head. And then he oh, starts yeah, laughing. And then, then then he laughs it off. Yeah. And of course after that, it's where's your wife? Well, I'm gonna go check on her. Yeah. Like, no, 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 so your gangster friend's gonna go upstairs and check on your wife. And yeah. that is the most uncomfortable sequence she, of the entire movie. She opens movie. the door. He's like thinking that it's Connolly. Uh uh-huh. And it's, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's Jimmy. It's he, the monster. And he does not movie. let her close the door. She uh-huh. tries to. Does not let her do it. He's like, you need to come downstairs while I'm having fun. She's like, I don't you're, feel well. He tells her you're embarrassing. You're embarrassing your husband. You're embarrassing your husband. He's like, I don't feel well. And he goes, Oh, you don't feel well. And he starts putting his hand all all over her face and neck. And he pretends like he's like filling her sinuses or something, but really, he's like. Yeah, her, pretend uh, her to choke her, but really it's it's, her, it's the hand around the neck, like yeah, like, like strangling her. It's it's threatening her without saying anything and, about it. Yeah, and, and just, with, if you notice, whenever he stops feeling her, he would leave his hand on her chest. Yeah, not oh, on the yeah. breast. He was but right he, there. He looked at her. No, it, up was and a, down it was a complete, yes. it was a complete display of power. That's yeah. all that it was. It was it, was it was scared the shit out of me. A vulgar display of power, if you will. Grace and I, I were oh talking God, later that was, night that uh, it was both equally very like we were like it was so sexual but it was so violent yes that you were like is he gonna kill her or is he gonna try and have sex with her or is it like what and then at the same time we knew in our heads okay he wouldn't do that because Carly's this is right the wife there. of his guy inside the fbi so he has every motivation not to do any of those things but at the same time this is whitey bulger we yeah. can't predict yeah. what he's know. about to do he needs to show know. you how much that's true i was on the edge of my seat this whole scene by the way Nothing happens to her. He just She's goes fine. back downstairs. <laughs> but oh my god, I we uh, I urinated myself. <laughs> I figured that out. Yep. It was Th- that's it. That's it. Just you know, he talks to her for a minute and then goes downstairs. He gives her the message but, though, like I will but the, kill the you message, if you do anything. The message is like, sent. The message is sent. He's like, I can I can do anything. Like I can do anything that like, I want. Yeah. Like your husband knows I'm doing this. And and Kylie like, just accepts it. Oh like, yeah! Like he just kind of goes with it because he's just like the guy he, accepted his uh, his goddaughter being killed. Yeah, like, yeah what are you like, gonna what, do? What you can fight I do? the monster? You're too far in over your head to go what back can down. I do? And you try to tell yourself you can get out of it. And then of course you know that scene leads to a very beautiful shot, and we're, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that here in a minute too. Just but just shots in general, but the very beautiful shot of Je- of Connolly being out on the street in the rain 
and his wife changed the locks yeah. when he was at work. Yeah, oh, that yeah. happens later. Brutal. His wife just kicks him out. Later, when, he, when she Conley, can't take it anymore. Yeah, when Conley yeah. gets arrested, he's in like some condo somewhere. Yeah, he's just like staying in yeah, some, so, oh, some random high rise apartment. So I guess after that's where everything kind of starts to go downhill. Oh, for all of them. Because the new DA is starting to pinpoint. He's starting to put the pieces together with with the help of Kevin Bacon and Adam Scott's mustache. Adam Scott's mustache. Shout out to Adam Scott's mustache. Oh yeah, he had he had a wicked. He had like a Ben Wyatt Earp thing going on, man. It's it good stuff. It's good, Sam. And, and it, there's a also a scene in the movie which we don't need to talk about right now, but there's a scene that makes it clear that Whitey Bulger's senator brother has no interest in trying to save him from any kind of trouble he's in. Like, save Connolly or himself? Uh, no, say, uh, save his brother. Well, save there's nothing brother. he can do because he still has to maintain, like, kind of the perfect well there, the there's, a, there's a yeah. scene where Connolly goes to him it's a different time so people trust their like yeah no it's, it's a <laughs> it's a scene where Connolly goes to him and tells uh-huh. him that the DA is going to be closing in on his brother and he basically says don't you ever fucking bring this up to me again yeah like, you know kicks him out of the office yeah, you, you, the office. yeah you take that shit somewhere because else. a big part of it is Adam Scott's mustache started realizing going through um, all of uh, Bolger's testimonies that they were all taken from they all take from other people's testimonies. testimonies and you see a quick shot of Connolly working at his desk by himself late at night, you're like, whoa, how many years has he been doing this? He works, burns the midnight oil because he's covering Whitey's ass. Yeah. Whitey's doing nothing. Yeah. It's just some South Boston bullshit. Oh, yeah. That's right. what this all Whitey does. Did absolutely Whitey nothing. is playing the FBI. Yeah. He's specifically playing Connolly. Yeah. yeah. Connolly just is busting his ass, like living a miserable life, all for this guy who's just. Does not appreciate. He's just going around murdering people. Yeah, I would say he's playing them like a fiddle, but it's more accurate to say. Anyhow, because we have a lot of great stuff to talk about. Yeah. Because we have a lot of great stuff to talk about, I'm going to jump to the end of the plot. It all unravels very quickly. You don't really, you don't really, you know, you see his rise to power, and you kind of see the unraveling, but then pretty much it just is like it comes apart. A lot of his people get scooped up. Whitey skips mm-hmm. town, mm-hmm. and he, he was—he's—I remember when this they is like him. this is like early nineties. Yeah, early yeah, yeah, ninety-two, yeah. I think, or something like that is when he—they said he left Boston or something. He is on the lam for twenty years, mm-hmm. and they, they catch him in California. They pick him up five years ago in California, and I, yeah, I remember when I heard about that because he was on the FBI Most Wanted list forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. It's like he was up there pretty close to Bin Laden. Yeah, I think. And you just kind of assumed he was either dead or nobody we'll, was ever going to find we'll him. We'll look into it. We'll look yeah. into it. So Any, somebody will. Anyhow. Maybe not me, but somebody will. But somebody will. Somebody will look into I'm it. I'm sure. So we'll hear about it. I want to go ahead and jump into some of the technical things of how this movie is made. One of the most awesome things about the movie, most interesting things, is that when it starts, you are talking to people in his crew who are confessing to the FBI. Yeah. yeah. That is how the movie, and the movie is constantly going back and it's, forth. It's a really good narrative. Between advice. what's happened, everything we just explained to you, and then people in present, a lot of it is assumed to be in present day or within the last five or ten years, sitting down with the FBI and talking yeah, about all the characters, all the characters have aged whenever they're sitting mm-hmm. there, yep. like, when they're sitting there confessing to the FBI, they're older than they are in the flashbacks. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a pretty amazing narrative because when we it were is. talking about well that done. brutal really good cuts when we were talking about yeah. that brutal god da- goddaughter scene mm-hmm. and the guy right after Whitey Bulger says clean up your fucking mess walks out of the room and then the guy so well you see seen. the guy go towards the body so you know he's going to clean up he's doing what he's told the body of his goddaughter and his ex lover as disgusting as it is That's both disgusting. are true yeah. both are true yeah. and then. You, you, sympathize, cut, you sympathize with them for a minute. Then you cut like, straight to the uh, not the DA, but one of the, uh, the FBI, one of the feds, right. who says, "Have you ever seen 
Whitey Bulger kill someone. And then it just cuts to that man's face. And he doesn't even answer. That's you right. just look at his face That's right. it's the for one about time. seven seconds. It's the one time no one gives an answer. Yeah. You just kind of hold on this dude's brain. Yeah, and it's this right, broken man's it's face. right after you saw Whitey Bulger kill his daughter-in-law. Yeah, these are, yeah. These are, these are broken people that yeah. you oh, yeah. giving, giving these they're confessions. All, they're all homicidal and psychotic because they did this for a living forever. Also, if you know anything much about the Irish mob, they didn't make a lot of money. Like, Whitey made a lot of money. The rest of them all made a living. Oh, shit. It wasn't like a lot of, like, other mobs that you can work your way up and kind of become successful. And make some you money. You kind of just worked for... A living. You worked for Bulger. To make ends meet. And Bulger did really well. Yeah. And that's how it worked. That's how it worked. But, the, but the economy of fear was so strong. Yeah. Like you never had really... Because he'd yeah. kill anyone. He was paranoid about stabbing her in the back. Anyone yeah. who's dead. Yeah, he does several times. Yeah, yeah. You know, lots of people die in this in, in, over the course well, of the movie. It's a gangster movie. It's, it's a damn fine gangster movie. It's a damn, damn fine gangster movie. And a biopic. And just, it, like, it, like it, the cinematography, I think, was just so fantastic. There are just so many great shots, because a lot of the things that they do, like, involve, you know, driving a car out to an isolated place, like, under a bridge, <laughs> like, next to a body of water or something. And just, you get so many of those long shots where you get, like, a really long stretch just to see exactly how, like, in the middle of nowhere the car is before you see the thing happen. Just, like, you had those scenes, like, where with, with, the, with the stepdaughter where, like, you, like, like the camera is leading them through the house and all that. You feel like you're walking into a it, it really puts you. Den. You never get to see the world through Whitey Bulger's eyes. And I don't really think that many of us want to see the world through Whitey Bulger's eyes. You don't want to sympathize with them at all. Well, you do. Oh, we missed one point. But every scene you are seeing through someone's eyes. We do miss one. We do leave one point out. One point in the yeah. One point in the middle of the movie, his son dies. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. How did we? How did we gloss? I don't know because the movie kicks into high gear after that. That that, that, that could be a big breaking point. Yeah. Yeah, That's really what it is. Even in the movie, they kind of preach it in, in the movie, and it's a little bit. It's annoying when movies do that, but I'll give this movie a slide and like, so was he, was the character different after this thing I just explained? After this heavy thing happening, was Mr. Bulger, had he changed after his son He died? was already into some pretty nasty shit. Oh yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah, already exactly. a bad guy, but now he was a worse guy. Yeah, yeah. but when the son died, him. he became the monster. Yeah. He became the guy that we were always paranoid. Some He threatens his wife for pulling the plug on, the brain dead, mm-hmm. on his brain dead son. Fun yeah. fact. Um, and they touch on it a little bit. It's a quick cutaway, and this actually happened. Um, there's a scene in the movie where Whitey wins the lottery, and what it was is he owned this. Somebody in South Boston won the lottery, and Whitey owned the store that the ticket was bought at. And so Whitey did what Whitey does, and kind of just threatens the guy, and gave him a little bit of money, <laughs> and took the ticket. And won the lottery. So, yeah. And that's what his brother was calling. Yeah, his, his yeah. brother's like, and Whitey's like, nah, I just won the lottery. Oh, fucking luck. What do you want? And, and Billy's the bat, the, the batch is like, Jimmy, are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the batch is not buying it for one second. Man. Yeah. He knows what's going yeah, down. Batch. It's like, man, I play Sherlock in this other show, man. You know, I, <laughs> this one yeah. I will figure this I out. Know. I like how the I'm movie not have Martin Freeman around. The movie. <laughs> That's just true life. This though. is a hobbit movie. Martin, it's just, it's yeah. just life is easier if Martin Freeman's around. Yeah. Well, um, I, what I like about the movie and the look of it, it's not afraid to be, it's not glamorous in any 
way. No, it's gritty. It's, it's gritty and dirty. It's closer to yeah. movies like Donnie Darko. Another not Donnie Darko. I mean, it looks great. Like it, it looks great. But they're not trying to put Brass, together. It's not Mad Max Fury Road where they, everything is so saturated, stylized. and yeah. stylish and colorful. It's closer to Donnie Brasco, which is another Johnny Depp gangster movie with Pacino. With Pacino. Yeah, it's a little bit more accurate. Wow. Like I feel like I remember reading a couple of reviews when this movie came out. And they're like, "Oh, it's a Scorsese clone." And that's really lazy writing from a critic who just claims every 70s gangster like movie. Like, if you hear a piece of music, is that like saying, oh, this is just a Beethoven? Yeah, it's exactly off. the same thing. Yeah. If you play guitar, yeah. someone goes, oh, that's a Hendrix riff. Yeah. yeah. And that's just lazy writing and lazy, lazy critiquing if they just say this is a Scorsese clone. Because there's, other than the fact that there's gangsters in it, there's nothing about this movie that's like another Scorsese movie. Scorsese movies always are always like a fun watch no matter what mm-hmm. maybe not his like some of his like super heavy religious yeah, stuff like, uh, like what uh, is it Silence Silence was a good movie but not a fun watch yeah. but even things with like Goodfellas or Casino or Wolf of Wall Street all these movies about the same type of people horrible people doing horrible things he still it's a ride the movie's a ride. By the way, this is a note we have to put in. I have not seen, like, any Scorsese films. That's the thing. They are all on the list now. Yeah, I mean, no, no, Wolf like, of Wall Street is on We list. are starting with Mean Streets and working our way up. No, Wolf we of Wall have Street literally not, not seen Just any Scorsese. I think you don't want to watch Wolf of Wall Street again? I'm not Did Scorsese do Aviator? Yeah. And that's the only one I've okay. seen. That's the only West one. Westfield is like, 15 movies, but... Anyway, yeah, I like how the movie doesn't, it, like, it's kind of proud to be gritty it really embraces it it doesn't hide anything from you there is no glamour in being a gangster it really shows you how crappy like the places they come from are not generally crappy but nobody's having a good time nobody's having a good time nobody's prosperous there is is no oceans 11 in this movie there is no one looking attractive just in nice suits walking around yeah like the only one who's the only one who's doing any kind of like well for themselves is whitey and even he is obviously in some dark these are people by looking at them you wouldn't think to be nervous that's what makes it so frightening is that they looked like normal people and just because this movie has so much to, to, to talk about another thing that we didn't really touch on like Whitey is beloved by his community, by the way. Well, that's, yeah, that's oh, another yeah. common thing among and, gangsters. And South, they all South Boston. They all have their territories, and they all generally help the community. Like one of the first scenes, mm-hmm. he's walking by, and, and, and like there's the old woman trying to bring her bags mm-hmm. into the and house. And he gets out of the car or it's something. Just like, hey, let me get out of the car. Yeah, let, me, let me help you out. I, like, like my boys here, they'll help, yeah, you, they'll yeah. help you out. They'll buy his groceries, they'll, uh, and they'll put them away. Yeah, and yeah. It's this whole thing. We'll put your groceries away. And she's away like, oh, Jimmy, I got out of... I don't know what the accent was. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, when did you get out? I oh, right. Oh, I got out about 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. what the... Thank God you're here. It's like, that's another classic gangster thing. It's like... Uh, support of the community either by trust or fear. In, In that case, moment, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little, bit of both. a little bit of both. Yeah. No. He got tr- and he, by the way, he had. Story. So his son died. The other big event later on after he'd gone monster was his mother passed away. And it always uh, showed yeah. him. The one scene of him interacting with his mother, it became clear that this was like one of his prime responsibilities in life. Oh, yeah, he took care of his mom. Like, that was yeah. like, he was like, he okay, I'm a gangster second, but number one, I'm taking care of my mom. And when she passed away, everyone was in the funeral. He's standing up oh on my the God. balcony of the church because at this point, he can't be seen in public with certain people like his brother. His brother, the politician. He's, he's, a, mm-hmm. he's a murderer. He's, a, yeah. he's known as a homicidal crazy person because he was. He is known as that, yeah. Okay, another technical thing we haven't talked about. 
Johnny Depp's eyes go. Okay. Oh, well, man. The eyes is part of the whole look of his, and it's a straight transformation. Props to uh, the, uh, really, you gotta, we got to break out the flask? Yeah. Yep. Okay, cool. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> That's how powerful these eyes are. <laughs> if it's are. one thing that helps me explain things, but it's Jesus wrong. Johnny Christ. Depp has blue-ass eyes. Luckily for us, the rum is not yet gone. Mm. And and uh, those eyes. Two for you, Sam. Two. Those <laughs> eyes are so terrifying in this movie, so piercing. And, and the, so, yeah, the blue pier- piercing. They're, they're piercing. human. They're human eyes because, like Chad just said, they're blue contacts. They're actually his eye color at that time, but there is something almost alien about it. And yeah. The rest of his look is just—he looks so old Oof, and man. just like battered and beaten. Like he's got yellow teeth. Mm-hmm. That different teeth are different shades of yellow. And it ch- actually, there's one set of teeth that actually gets darker as he gets older. And, like, kind of the, his hair from, like, yeah, his whoever, balding thing is, like, dear God. Whoever was doing makeup was paid, Jesus. paid serious attention to detail. And he I always he always wore that leather jacket. Um, I would say, I would, now I'd say that, the like, as far as costuming and set pieces mm-hmm. and, uh, and makeup and all that, like, I'd say across the board, man. Every like nothing looks out of place. Like, shot, shot on location shot, in Boston. Shot for shot, I believe everything that happens in the movie. You know, like I'm yeah. there for the whole ride. Even like, when they go to different parts of Boston, you believe it because it kind of looks. If you ever seen pictures of those different parts of Boston, oh, you kidding me, man? Like I play Fallout Four all the fucking time, man. I know I'm very familiar with Boston. <laughs> oh, I didn't know Boston was Fallout Four. That's yeah, awesome. Fallout Four takes place okay. in Boston. Quick I've been to Boston a couple of times. It's a great city, but like, yeah, it's it's it feels like you're in Boston. When you watch the movie, except you never feel like there's a monster around the corner. No. I had a great time in Boston. I was what because I've only been there like. Would you post, stay in Boston? Um, I don't know with a friend. I went one time when I was like um, eighteen mm-hmm. with my folks, and then I went again with uh, Megan and stayed with her friends when I was like twenty one. So those are like the two times I went. It was a fun time, both yeah, times. Sure. Um, I'm sure. By then, Whitey Bulger had been long. Oh uh, yeah, and all and most Boston of the area. crime, you know. Is can, I, can, I, can I say one thing? Um, it's nice to see a, a movie about Boston that has nothing to do with Fenway Park. And, there you uh, go. I just appreciate that. Yeah. yeah oh, it's, one it's more nice. thing. One more thing about the eyes. When they pick him up in 2012, they show us a scene. Uh-huh. They get him in California. He's been on the lam for like two decades. Yeah. And they show a scene. You only see half of Johnny Depp's face. Um, and they have him all the makeup yeah. has him looking older. Yeah, he's, he's an old man. He's, an old man. he's not he's not dangerous anymore. Like unless he has a knife or a gun. I bet you if he had to defend himself he would. Yeah, like he's but, still, but, but still he's like yeah, no, he looked pretty despite the pretty, fact he's, that he's, he's an old, old man. man. He's yeah. like you 70. see that eye. You only see one of them. When you see that eye it's terrifying. <laughs> it is absolutely terrifying. There is something about the way they did his eyes in that movie that is Oh, sure. it, but it's it not re- just the eyes, man. It's not just the it eyes. It reinforces the monster narrative. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's, it's just a, like, okay, this is a up. monster in a monster movie. Yeah. It really, it, really, it, it really feels that way. But uh, but it's not just the eyes. I feel like this is a good good point to segue into the, into the casting of the movie. Mm-hmm. Another place where I just feel like the movie did a really good job for the most part. Um, Johnny Depp was fantastic as Whitey. Yeah, I, he I wish he had gotten more recognition job. for that. I think this, I would throw this into like top five of his movies. I thought something with like Ed Wood. Oh yeah, he's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, yeah. The first no, the first is, Pirates movie. The first Pirates movie's great. This is like a um, Magnum Opus performance. Yeah. Like it's it's a fantastic I I, yeah, like I would hope to form. we get more I really like wish that he had gotten more uh more more recognition. We probably would get more uh, this kind of stuff out of him had he gotten more recognition for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I don't but know how it did either in theaters or it like did it, it did modestly. Like it wasn't a runaway success. It wasn't a complete flop. It, it did was modestly. Such a great movie. And yeah it, it 
really was great on so many fronts. But like, but, but talking specifically about the cast and like just Johnny Depp, every every scene he's in, every time he's on screen, just like you just you feel a little bit unnerved by it. Mm-hmm. Just, he's in at least half the scenes. Yeah, he's in it. He's in it a lot. But so just, that's half a movie that you're nervous about. I mean, oh, that's the yeah. type of movie we watch. Oh, he well, wasn't nervous. You're very uncomfortable. Movie. But you know, like like uh, um, we talked about Fury Road not too long ago and one thing that we brought up about Fury Road is it doesn't really let you give you very many chances to relax with the exception mm-hmm. of like that 15 minutes where they kind of make it to like where all the mothers yep. are and, and they're, they're just bathing kinda, and they're all just sleeping they're kind of just like hanging out for a minute you got about 15 minutes of that before mm-hmm. it starts getting intense again this movie doesn't have that scene there's no 15 minutes in this it's, movie you it's are just uncomfortable for the entire time. time if anything like the last five minutes kind of slows down a bit yeah, but the whole movie oh as it's my starting to wrap gosh. up. Yeah, like, it's like, wrapping up. That's when they why. jump to like you're right. When they jump to like 2012 officially, you're like, okay. Well, it's like if you've been really deep underwater for a while, you have to like depressurize first. <laughs> I think that's what the wrap up is at the end of the movie. It's like depressurizing you to go back into reality after the movie's over. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think Johnny Depp should have gotten more acclaim, and I think we can officially label this as kind of a hidden gem. I don't think this got a lot of recognition. Yeah, um, I don't think a lot of people saw this. I don't know anyone else yeah, who's seen if, this movie. If you can't call this a hidden gem, it's definitely on the way to being. Yeah, a hidden gem. like I think it's on the. Yeah. Maybe it hasn't been out long enough to be officially called a hidden gem. Yeah, when did this come out? Like two, twenty fifteen. Two, yeah, two, two years ago. If you haven't seen maybe. it. And you've listened this far, I don't know what you were thinking. I think it got the it. movie is ruined now, but <laughs> everyone oh, should no, see this Please movie. Please tell me that oh, like, no, you've it seen no, the movie. No, it is not. I mean, there are movies that we will talk about and have talked about that knowing what happens at the end is totally going to ruin the movie for you. But This isn't one of them. If you have access to Google, you know what happens to Whitey Bulger yeah. at the end. If you remember, he gets arrested in 2011 yeah, in California. Yeah. But like this movie is this movie is worth watching just like because for one it just looks really good the set mm-hmm. pieces are all really really nice the cinematography is very acting really, is um, phenomenal it's worth watching John for Johnny Depp alone I don't know his honestly name. like I cannot Fresh remember that guy the actor's I've name. seen other stuff and he's really good uh, the what's the, great what's the name of the new DA the he's best. a famous actor too oh dude I forgot he's the new DA yeah he's the he's the bad guy in Ant Man he's in first season of House of Cards yeah and he should yeah first season of House of Cards and. He he did a great job. The new DA was fantastic. And then you got you got Kevin Bacon. He's the the head of the DA. Uh, Kevin head of the Bacon, uh, Adam Scott's mustache. Adam Scott's mustache. A shout out to to um, him for that. Ben Wyatt. <laughs> just bring it back. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you think of that just now, or like earlier when you said? No, no, totally. Came You've been up saying with that it a while, haven't you? Earlier. No, I came up with that like earlier. That's that's where that came I, from. I like it. Um, I feel like they could have gone another two seasons of Parks and Rec if they just went with the whole. Ben Wyatt Earp thing. Ben Wyatt Earp. No, seriously, yeah. they could have gotten a couple of jokes out of that. Ben Wyatt Earp, Calzone Cowboy. If they had decided to go with that. So, subtext, do we want to talk anything about that? I mean, you can kind of... Paranoia, for sure. Paranoia. Fear, fear in general. Uh, the Like, what's funny is seeing people who are in a situation where they're scared, and then how they react to the situation they're already in. Do they bail and do the right thing, or do they, or do they just go deeper because they just... It's it's kind of like when we talked about Fargo and William H Macy. Kind of gets to a point where that, you're like you're too big to fail. Yeah, or you're you're so deep in that you have to believe that yeah. you you can't fail, and even though it seems objectively, it that's an absurd idea. You are it's just a matter of time before you go down hard with whatever crazy thing you're wrapped up in, and I feel like ha- oh yeah yeah con- th- there's there's no Connelly. such thing there's no such thing as a gangster movie with a happy ending. No, and at, not to mention that. Uh, Jimmy Bulger learns nothing. He, if anything, he learns to be how to be more ruthless and how to get away with stuff for quite a while. 
and run away and yeah, hide. Yeah, but but like, but at the same time, like, I mean, there's no redeeming Whitey Bulger, um, and it just, uh, and I don't think that the movie, the movie kids you at any point in time thinking that there's something that he can do to be redeemed. Yeah, you're not supposed to like him. You're supposed to be scared shitless of him. And that's that's kind of the point, like, like just, you know, the story's not gonna have a happy ending, um, but you don't initially know going into it that it's gonna have. That not not only is it not going to end well for Whitey, but it doesn't end well for anyone. Right? <laughs> I think I think that the that the best off anyone got was uh, Connolly's partner, who decided to tell mm-hmm. literally everything that he knows. Yeah. And, and he got off like he, he he served no jail time. He served no jail time. They probably he probably got dismissed he, from the FBI. He was dismissed from the FBI, but he did not he did not have to so go to jail. So he just had to start a new career. Can yeah. I uh, I want to counter counter you and then counter myself countering you. Let's see either one or the other. There was the guy who murdered like eleven people, and then is now walking the streets free That's because true. of how much information he told. However, what I would counter to that is that guy also goes to sleep at night. Knowing he has murdered at least eleven, 11 people. people, and we both know from watching that movie, it's more it's than eleven. So many, it's like it's more it's than so eleven. More than 11 Those are the yeah. eleven they have cold, hard <laughs> evidence on. You know, amount of evidence like, on uh, these eleven murders. It's like we don't even talk about the Manson cool. murders. So it's like, well, Manson never actually killed anybody. Yeah, the fuck he did. They just couldn't prove it. <laughs> yeah, fuck that shit. But so this movie is it deals with heavy issues deals with things like I think paranoia yeah we were just talking about paranoia, paranoia and fear with, with Whitey it was paranoia he was just so paranoid for the entire movie he's and it just betrayed. gets worse he and worse he was afraid of betrayal of course he would kill and, and, and he, he would was kill also, anybody like that to save his own back also paranoid of sloppiness anyone like the guy well sloppiness killed, sloppiness he, leads to betrayal he like, killed like, the one guy it's like accidental betrayal because he basically brought him money in public yeah like and that was like I can't have that. Like, what yeah, are you doing? What that was handing me that for. Yeah, yeah, and that guy wasn't really going to cause any more problems. No, he was going to be gone after that. They they, was, they were just finishing the deal. But once they got safe, they were like, well, he was slaughtered that one time. Let's go ahead and take him Let's out. Let's go ahead and kill now. There's a little guy. Anyway. No, there's no statute of limitations on that. If they pick yeah. that guy up at any point in time and they got that information out of him, then they can use that against him. Yeah. Exactly. If he's dead, that information doesn't exist. And that's why when you saw the goddaughter and you heard her tell Whitey, yes, they did ask me about you. And I didn't tell him nothing. That's all they care. All he cares about is did the police so, yeah, ask you tell him anything any today. questions and they yeah, he but next knows week. she knows something so yeah she's gotta go so she's, she's, gotta so die. she's gotta go and then like as far as everybody Paranoia. else goes as far as everyone else goes it's fear they're mm-hmm. like like that like their characters motives are, are almost entirely driven like their decision making is, is entirely driven on fear well I want to delve deeper into the paranoia for just a second because it's like what makes you paranoid what makes you, I mean, from, of course, Whitey Bulger is a monster, but just viewing what the movie is trying to say, what does paranoia make you think of your fellow humans? You immediately go to the very worst. You go to the bottom of you the barrel, right? Everyone's out to get you. Oh, yeah. And I think Whitey, because well, he was ultimately, that's about fear, right? Yeah, but, but everyone is out to get Whitey because he's a criminal. Everybody is out to get him, yeah. Well, maybe, but not the guy. Maybe he shot he because it. he was sloppy. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, deserves no. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he yeah, deserves totally. what's coming but, to But him. no, like, like, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's brutal and it's terrible that any of it's happening. But I understand Whitey's point of view, too. It's like, just because they didn't say anything today doesn't mean they're oh, not going to yeah. say anything next week. But he's afraid. He's afraid of the consequences of what he's of of letting he that go. So there's an element. That's what's so. Mis- that's what's so intriguing about Whitey Bulger's character. There's an element of unpredictability because you're like this guy will shoot someone down in broad daylight, 
because he feels personally attacked by the betrayal, mm-hmm. and it's more important to get revenge than to be, like, kind of think about self-preservation, but he obviously has a very clear sense of, like, I know when to uh, kind of let someone live and let someone die. In the, in the moment, he really doesn't make too... I mean, like, I, I even... I'm afraid of what I'm saying. He doesn't make too rash a decision about senseless murder, but he kind of does pick his spots he, for senseless he murder. He rationalizes it for his own brain. Yeah. You know. Which is what most people do. Yeah, well, he doesn't want to get caught. Yeah. Getting caught sucks. If I don't kill this person, I might get caught because of them. If I kill this person, I definitely won't. Yeah. That's, as long that's, as I don't get caught while killing this person. Yeah. Which I'm not going to get caught while, while killing this about. person. I think also he was just like... He just knew kill he, more people if I have I to. I think Whitey also knew that like... Well, yeah, he could always just kill more people if he had to. Uh, but also it was the thing of like, if they were in South Boston or part of Boston, people kind of knew him. People knew to keep their fucking mouth shut when he was doing something. And people were like, I didn't see anything. I and, heard and, some gunshots and I ran away. They're not going to say it was Whitey because then Whitey's coming for them. Yeah. Whitey will kill them. In fact, if, in fact, if, if they even are seen talking to the police one time, it might be too late. Yeah. Um, you so, you have to be at a point where if the cop talks to you, you have to say loudly, I don't know anything, and be seen shaking your head just in case someone who knows Whitey is walking by and right. sees you talking to the cops. Because people talk. People talk. Just not to the cops. People talk. Just not to the cops. I like it. So, uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Do we have any more to add to subtext? I mean, you, you could talk about this movie for a long time. We have talked about this movie for a long time. I think we should wrap up our, our discussion of Black Mass. Um, I appreciate it. I think everyone should go see it. If you want a sleeper, if you like gangster movies like I do, and I think I said to say that I really like gangster movies, mm-hmm. it's definitely up there. It's a lot closer to something, like I said earlier, was it Donnie, Donnie Brasco or something like American Gangster? Which really Scott did. That's a fantastic gangster movie. That's a really good even one. That's a really good, that's even a really if good you one. You don't like gangster movies, but you kind of like dark, gritty movies that deal with the complexities of reality. Please go see Black Mass. Yeah, I mean, this is about real people who did real things. Yeah, I mean they and tell they they, they string it into a narrative, yeah. but the story it's, they're telling is a true. Yeah, it's match. a movie. They start, you know, it's it's a movie. They make a movie, but it's about real things that happened. It's it's a you need to see this just for that credit sequence alone at the end, man. Oh it, my god, together what are those all the actual Oh, it's, because it's you see fantastic. the real people yeah I, I never noticed that before because I always just kind of I was leaving the theater or I turned the movie off but man it's, it's so hard horrifying. it's crazy just, just sit, we all sat it's there so and crazy. watched the pictures of these actual people yeah the people that they t- like whenever they were, whenever the actor's name was on the screen it would show an actual the actual like, person that's who that's who Jesse Plemons is playing Dude. yeah Fat Damon god yeah. Yeah. We made it this far into the podcast, and we haven't said Fat Damon so yet. <laughs> and, you, <laughs> oh, first and you time. see Whitey Bulger, and you're like, they did a good job. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp looks like fucking him. just like him. And if, I, and if like, I just showed you a picture of Whitey Bulger and gave you no context, you'd be like, oh, who's that old dude? Yep. But like now that you spent two hours being scared shitless by someone who kind of looks like him, it's like, oh, that's, picture, that's, that's terrifying. terrifying. That's terrifying. That it's awful. like the cover of Helter Skelter. All right, this has been a good uh, movie night autopsy. Pretty soon we're going to start our eight-week coverage of The Fast and the Furious. Mm-hmm. So we're starting with number four. Yeah, but you don't make sense in then the long run. Then we're going to work our way backwards, and then we're, then we're going to work our way back through and forwards. But before we do the last one, we're going to do the whole Chronicles of Riddick series too, so that we knock it all out in one swift go. So, so uh, yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna we're just right gonna right have right? one podcast of Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, we're just gonna cover all of it. <laughs> 
It should Absolutely be like quickly. about five hours long, so yeah. Yeah. stay tuned. You so it's going to be a marathon. We'll, we'll be fine. Don't worry about us. Get so, all right. Uh, yeah, this has been Moving Out Autopsy. Thanks for listening. My name is Sam. This is Chad. Asher. Great content. Great content. What's up, crew? If you got any idea of what you would like for us to talk about on the minute or on Moving Out Autopsy podcast, hit us up on the social medias. You can hit us up on Twitter at movie underscore autopsy. Check us out on Facebook at Movie Night Autopsy. Always feel free to email us, contact at movienightautopsy.com.